The Talking Football Podcast is brought to you by On The Team Sheet. If you're looking for some last-minute Christmas gift inspiration, then get yourself onto their easy site or their Instagram page at On The Team Sheet. It's run by the supremely talented Adam. He produces high-quality prints of classic football team kits through the ages. Whatever your team, you'll find it here. They're absolutely sensational pieces of artwork, and you can get yourself 10% off when you use the code TALKINGFOOTBALL. So that's On The Team Sheet, which is all one word on Etsy, with 10% off of the code Talking Fitball. Fill your boots, folks. Hello and welcome to episode 84 of the Talking Fitball podcast in association with On The Team Sheet. My name's Derek Clark and each week we try and bring you a top-class interview with some of the most interesting and colourful characters involved in the game. This week, I sat down with Falkirk midfielder Margaro Gomez. Margaro was in fine form as he relived his time as a youth in Montpellier, his rise through non-league in England, his time in Scotland at Cowdenbeath Hearts Motherwell, and of course his three spells at Dundee United, where he's fondly remembered, as well as his stint down south at Birmingham City. We also hear about his two caps for Senegal, playing in Malaysia and Oman, as well as his recently launched coaching academy. It's another cracking interview with one of the game's much-loved characters, so sit back and enjoy the latest episode of the Talking Fitball podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Football Podcast. I'm absolutely delighted to say we're joined on the line this week by current Falkirk midfielder, but he's been about former Dundee United favourite. He played at Hearts, Birmingham City, Cowden Beef, you name it, he's, he's been around, that's for sure. It's the one and only Margaro Gomez. Margaro, thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. Uh, no problem. Thank you very much for having me tonight, and um, hopefully we can have a good, uh, good conversation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Looking back at the career, Margaro, and um, you're born in a, a suburb of Paris. Is that right? In 1985. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was, I was born in a suburb of Paris, a place yeah. called Le Blanc-Minil. So it's not far from the Stade de France. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I grew up there. Like, I mean, my mum, my family, they still, they still live there. So sometimes when uh, I've got time, I'll just go back home and see them. Yeah, terrific. Were you always playing football as a young boy? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to play football and uh, boxing as well because I used to oh, watch the, <laughs> yeah, Rocky Balboa, all those movies. So like, well, I used to play football and just pretend to be a boxer as well. <laughs> but you know, football was the main sport for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, who was your team when you were growing up? Did you follow PSG or do you follow anyone else? Uh, yeah, obviously because I'm because I'm from Paris, so I did I did follow PSG because of George Weah and David Ginola. And yeah. I used to be like big players for Paris Saint Germain. And then starting from like '96, I started following Juventus because of yeah. uh, Alexandre Del Piero. And then since then, I've been they've been my team like since that since like '96. So it's been a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but you always wanted to be a midfielder, Magaro. Was that always a position that you played as well, a young no, boy? No, I, I start I start playing football with uh, my local team in Paris uh, called CSL Olney, and uh, I used to be a left back wow. from a young age. Yeah, I was a left back, and then I, I think when I turned about like maybe eight or nine, one manager asked me if I wanted to to play as a left winger, and I said, yeah, why not? But at that time, that team we had, we had the one centre forward, it was left foot, and we had the left winger, was left foot, and they were both the best player in the team. So he told me to go on the on the right wing. So I was playing on the right wing, but I was a left foot. So I kind of enjoyed playing in that position, being more attacking. And then from the age of 11, I moved to midfielder, and then I've been, I've been playing in that position since then. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading, did you have a, were you down at Montpellier as a youth? Did they pick you yeah. up? Yeah, I was at Montpellier youth uh, from. 13 till 15 for two years and uh, probably one of one of the best time uh, like in terms of like football because you know yeah. you, you go like it's you're inside it's just the academy you train in the morning and afternoon and then you go you go and like learn obviously education school so it was probably well, yeah, two two years that I really enjoyed and obviously being being there away from home it wasn't easy at the beginning because yeah. Montpellier is in the south of France and Paris is at the north so I had to leave home basically and you know go and and chase my dream so it wasn't it wasn't easy but I, I really enjoyed it it was a good time 
Yeah, it's funny that we had uh, Armandoni on a few weeks ago, and he said that he was at Nantes as a, as a young boy. He said it was. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, I know him. I know, I know him yeah, very well. Yeah, he says it was the best time of his life away there because it, it, it was just like a big club. He really enjoyed it. Was that the same? Do you feel the same? Yeah, it's the same. Nantes, Nantes is one of the big, like one of the biggest clubs in, in France, and yeah. in terms of like academy, the, at that time they were probably one of the best in France. So, yeah. but Montpellier is the same. It's like all the academy in France, they're, they're very good. They, they look after the players like in a very good way. They, they really want you to do well, not just in football, but also at school. Like education is really key. And um, yeah. well, I was there, I was at Montpellier for two years and they let me go because I wasn't focused at uh, like education. Like at, yeah. like yeah, at school, it wasn't in the back of my mind. I was like, I just wanted to play football. So yeah. <laughs> they gave me a warning the first year. They said you need to focus more about school as well. But I didn't listen. And then the second year that was me, they just cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> It must have been hard because I mean Montpellier is quite a, a fair distance away from Paris. Was it was it difficult moving away at a young age? Oh uh, yeah, well I'm not gonna lie. I, I used to cry at the beginning when I first when I when I moved. I even when they asked me to sign a deal, I want to. I was like, no. I went on. I went there on trial first, yeah. and uh, okay, we want you. So they offered me a deal, but then. I was like to my dad, I don't know if I can do it. I, was, <laughs> I don't want to leave like my family, my friends back home. <laughs> and then I'd say, no, it's a good thing for you. And then obviously I signed, but then the first two weeks, I was just by myself. Like I didn't talk to anybody. I was just crying, talking to my family every night. And then yeah. after that, I just said, you know, I need to, I need to man up basically. I need to stop. Yeah. Like this, this is a big, this is a big thing for me. And obviously I need to to do my best and after that I started talking to all everybody at the academy and started making friends and then I was fine after that. It was, but yeah, it's a big, because you know, you're 13 years old, you're living home, living with all yeah. your family, your friends. It's not easy, like Montpellier is in the south, so it's like by plane, it's, I think it's probably like three hours, three, yeah. Yeah, three, three hours. Distance, yeah. So I couldn't go home when I wanted to, I, I could only go home when school holiday or my family could come at the weekend sometimes, but it wasn't, part of the deal because the club had to pay obviously compensation for my family to come down but yeah. like, yeah, yeah, we only allow free flight I think like during the year so so yeah yeah then when you when you get let go then at 15 what 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 did um what were you thinking then that you, you made me look at something else to do or did you, you did you still no, have that dream of playing football I wasn't thinking about anything else I was just this for me it was basically the end of the world I was just crying I was like yeah. I can't believe this is happening like and um, yeah, it was it was really difficult. So I had to go back home, basically go back to to Paris. And um, yeah, well, talking to my family and my agent at that time was looking after me. We we were talking to other clubs, trying to look if we can find another clubs. But it, it was difficult. It was really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, and you came over to uh, the UK when you what you were you were nineteen or what have you? Um, no. no. No, I came before that. I was yeah. um, I was six. No, sorry, I was seventeen when uh when I came to no sixteen. Sorry, when I came to yeah. to UK. Yeah, I was I was sixteen years after I left um, Montpellier. I went back to Paris. So it was summer two thousand. Oh my God, it was a long time. Two thousand one. <laughs> sorry, two thousand one. Yeah. Summer two thousand one. Yeah, and um. I didn't. I didn't have a club. I didn't go to, to college or anything for for six months. I was just in my house hiding. Nobody knew oh. that I've been released. Yeah, I, I didn't. I, I just didn't tell any of my friends. Yeah. And um, so it was a hard time. But then I decided to to move to England because uh, I had family over there in London. So yeah. it was yeah. It was end of December two thousand one. And uh, yeah, I just packed my bag and I moved to London. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So for a year, all that year, I didn't play football. I didn't play football for any club. Yeah. I went to to college in in London to learn English, and then I started playing football that summer. I signed for Windsor and Leighton. I was yeah. I was only seventeen. Yeah, there were like none like nine division in England, nine or yeah. ten division, Raymond's League in England. So I started from there playing football again. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was looking at the, the clubs you were playing for in, in Britain at the early days. You were Windsor and Leighton, then. You went to um, Dagenham and Redbridge for, for for a period, but you didn't, didn't play there or something like that. Was that right? No. Yeah, I went to yeah Windsor and Nathan, and from there I was I was there for for like a year, a year and a half or something yeah. like that. And at that time, that's where I met another Asian who he was like a scout for Chelsea. Yeah. So when I was like eighteen, he he ended up like um, 
talking to, to Chelsea and asking them if they can have a look at me. So I, I went down and tried. I was there for a few months and I remember meeting all the big players there. So it was a, kind of a good time. But then, um, yeah, I signed for Dynamo Red Bridge, but it was a long story because they kind of like lied to me about something and yeah. my agent wasn't happy with it. So I didn't end up staying there. Like, I signed my contract, but I only had one training session and that was me. I refused to go and play for them because they kind of lied to me because my English wasn't good. So they, they were not really honest with me. So. So I had to stop playing for a few months before they cancelled my contract and I had to go back to Windsor and Eton and finish the season with them. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you about um, when you're playing in the, the lower leagues in, uh, in England, uh, the non-leagues, um, how did you find the football? Um, was it? I guess it was a bit different to what you were used to in, in Montpellier yeah, and stuff. It was, yeah, it was hard because um, <laughs> I was playing as a number 10 before in France. Yeah. So when I moved to England, Look, we in England we don't play as a number ten. We play in four four two, and the two midfielder they're like box to box. You have to run back and attack. And I, I didn't like defending. I, I used to hate it. Uh, I just wanted to attack and go and score goals or set up goals for my teammate. So it was a big high opener for me to change my game to adapt. And um, I, I had to obviously it took me a long time to adapt to change my game, but I managed to do it when when I, when I was at Windsor Nathan. So I think it was a good thing for me to go. To go there early and learn that side of football, the, I would call it like the the dirty work, you know, like yeah. try to win the football, tackle, win headers. <laughs> I was a, I'm a small guy. I was playing with men. I was like eight. I was playing with guys who are like, you know, in the in the thirties. And so it was a it was a good thing for me. Like I think that's why now I kind of enjoy that that side of like that physicality, like they say in, in Scotland or in England, because I'm a small guy, but I'm not scared to put my body. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it was a good a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, the, you moved to Scotland then in, in two, 2006 and you joined Cowden Beef. How did all that come about, Well, Because uh, Arma only used to play for them and yeah. we had the same agent. Ah. So they, they were in League, I think they were in League Two and they, they were playing in the playoffs to, to, to go up and they managed to, to go up to League One, yeah. the league that I am not working they, they went up. So my agent called Mixu Patalini and he told him that he's got a player that you might like and then he said, okay, well, you can bring him up. So I went there the summer of 2006, joined the World Cup uh, on trial, holding beef. And um, after, you know, even like a week, they were, they were all happy with me and they just wanted me to sign. So I, I was happy. I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I was happy. Like living in Edinburgh and just play for Cowden Beef. I was just, just say, why not? Like, yeah, it was good. Yeah, perfect. And uh, Mixed Pat Lightning was the boss, wasn't he? He was the manager at the time. Yeah, he was He was the manager. And because um, of the way I, the way, his team was playing. We we're playing on the four-three-three, and uh, yeah. I was—I used to be an attack. Like, I was an attacking midfielder at that time. But Mixu, he said to me, "Because you're very good on the ball, I want—I want you to play in front of the defense as a number six. So you start all the move from there." And then I said, "Okay, you know what? Why not?" So I start playing in that position, and I really enjoyed it. We had a really good team. We started the season really strong. If I'm, I remember that time, like yeah. we were scoring goals for fun. But then Mixu left. He went. I think I went. September, October, he went to yeah. Finland to a big club uh, in Finland and then the new manager came in. So, yeah, but then yeah, no, it was a good season. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask as well, I mean, English football and Scottish football, did you notice a difference between the two of the same sort of physicality? It's, it's, the, it's the same. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the same for me. I don't. I didn't see the big difference. It was just like physical and, yeah, like it's really kick and rush, like goes like really fast. <laughs> so, you know, they, yeah. she didn't, she, there was not a big difference. It was the same. Yeah. 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 Uh, so uh, you spent a few months at Cowden Beef, of course, and then Dundee United come calling. I guess it's one of those moves where you can't refuse if a, a club like that stature come in and, and want to buy you. Well, yeah, yeah actually, it was during that time. Yeah, Mixu just left, and we had um, a manager, I think his name was Brian Walsh. He used to play for Dundee United, midfielder. Yeah. He came in, and then by that time, it was end of end of November. We were in training on a Tuesday night and um, he called me, he said, look, um, there's Dundee United, I want you to go and train with them. And I thought he said Dundee first, Dundee FC. I knew, I knew there was two yeah. teams. So inside my head, because I was playing in League One, I thought it would be like Dundee, they're just in the championship. But then he said, yeah. no, 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 it's not Dundee FC, it's Dundee United. And I said, Dundee United Premier League. And he said, yeah, I said, are you joking? <laughs> and he said, no, <laughs> I'm not joking. They want you to go and train starting next week. I was like, 
okay, <laughs> okay, that's fine by me. <laughs> so called my agent, and then yeah, my agent spoke to obviously to Craig Levin and the chairman, I think at that time, and they said, look, if if we want you to come and try for a month, and then you do all the training from Monday till Friday, and then on Saturday you go and play with Golden Beef, and then if you do well during that month, then you can win a deal. So I was like, okay, that's fine by me, of course. Yeah. So yeah, so I went on trial for the whole month I was there. And at the same time, I was playing for Cold and Beef um, during the week. So I, I played four games for Cold and Beef and I managed to score two goals at that time when I was on trial with yeah. United. So I had a good try with them and they were happy and they offered me a two-year deal. Yeah, brilliant. And did you notice a step up in standard when you went to Dundee United from Cold and Beef? Yeah, of course, definitely. Like from my first training session, I could see the players, the quality yeah. they had, and I was like, okay, I need to, <laughs> I need to hurry up and get to that standard. But I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't out of place. I would say, like, I, yeah. I don't think that, like, I was doing well. That's why they, they, they offered me a deal. I think because um, I was playing with players like Barry Robson, Mark, yeah. and Noel Hunt. They were all, all very good players, but I didn't look out of place and that's why they offered me a deal. So it was it was a big I mean a big step up for me, but something that I really enjoyed. Like. Yeah. You mentioned Barry Robson. You'd also uh, team up uh, for the first time with uh, Prince Boabon as well. Um, how, how how was it playing with uh, these guys? Yeah, no, it was good obviously because Prince just came six months after me. So he came the yeah. I came in January, he came in the summer, the, the season after. So um, I remember when he first came, Craig Levin said, "Look, he's a very good midfielder from Ajax, and I wanted yeah. to look after him." And um, yeah, we just we just clicked. We were just staying together in the same apartment with some of the other boys, and you could see from day one he had quality, like a very good player, comfortable on the ball, strong at such yeah. a young age, only 18, I think, at that time, or, yeah. or 19. But yeah, you could see that quality. And but there was him. There was so many players, and you know, it was, I, can, I can like Danny Swanson, Greg Conway. Yeah. So many, so many players. Yeah, absolutely. And Craig Levine, of course, you mentioned was a manager. How, how did you find him as a, as a coach? A very good coach. Very, very, very good coach. He, he had a good eye for, you know, to spot like players because was, at that time when I signed, I think Greg Conway was there, but then yeah. the year after, Danny Swanson came. Scott Robertson came, Paul Dixon came, Danny, Danny Granger came. The boys who, who he all signed were like, boys who never played the highest level. They were all like yeah. in the lower league. But you, they were all young and hungry players who wanted to to get like um, a big move in the future. So yeah. he knew what he was doing. So I think that's why we had, a, we had a really good team. I think, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, we need to talk about the, the pre-season friendly in 2008 against Barcelona. Um, can you remember much about that game, Margaro? I mean, some of the stars he came up against in that game. Yeah, yeah, I remember all the games. Those two games were just crazy. I couldn't believe when they said to me that like, preseason we'll play against Barcelona. I was like, oh my god! Family <laughs> 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 and friends, they they all wanted to come. But yeah, no, it was, and uh, it was probably one of the best times, you know, playing against against Barcelona. You know, you see those players: Ronaldinho, Thierry, Henry, Eto. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just a yeah, very good, good experience. I still got the video. I watch them sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get anybody shot at the end of the game? Uh, the first year I got Lilian Turam, and the year yeah. after that, I'm not wrong, I think it was um, yeah, Touré, but I, I gave them away to some of my friends. Yeah, I didn't yeah. keep the shot. I've got loads of pictures, though. <laughs> I've got loads of pictures of the game. Yeah, ideal, perfect. And um, of course, the 2008 9 season, um, you were involved in that crazy penalty shootout, remember, against Celtic, the Scottish League Cup semi final? Um, yeah, Celtic when you're living ten in penalties. What, what what was that like to play in that that, that occasion? And um, you scored one of your penalties, but it was it was nothing else. I don't I don't think I've ever seen before such a. I think the goalie scored. The, I think Zalewski yeah, scored. The goalie, like yeah, the, goal, the goalkeeper had to take in score. Uh, what well, I think the game wasn't. It wasn't. I think the best game was kind no. of like scrappy. It wasn't the best game. No, there was not a lot of chance. So we, it's like inside our head, we knew that this game was go, was going to go in penalties, but we didn't know it was going to be that long. And you're just thinking, okay, I score mine. That's it. It's finished. Now, but then you have to score again. Maybe. <laughs> you, start, you start to be nervous, thinking, when are you going to pick the second one? You know. And then yeah, I think it's Willow Flood who, who miss. If I'm not yeah. Willow Flood or Niwoki, someone yeah, I think they missed the penalty and then they managed. But yeah, it was something like eleven penalties. So it was crazy. Yeah, something I'd never seen before. Yeah. But, yeah. That was crazy. Um, Craig Levine would leave, of course, and, and become the Scotland manager in um, 2009, in December time, I think. Um, were you sad to see him go at the time, Margaro? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, 
I, I actually didn't want, didn't want him to go. I was like, oh no, because he was, he was a manager that like trust me from from day yeah. one, and I never had, I had that trust before when I was young. But in terms of like professional football, that was my first professional, you know, contract, and and I was playing week in week out, and I was enjoying my football with him. So I was kind of scared, thinking, okay, maybe a new manager will come in, and it maybe he's not gonna like me. So uh, you know, it's football. It's all about opinions. Sometimes manager comes in, you one, and he doesn't like you, and then you you're out. <laughs> yeah. So by now I, I was sad to see him go. I think all the players were all we were all sad, but then we're kind of happy when we knew that Peter Houston, like, yeah. you know, took the job because he's kind of like he was working with Levin, so he knew all of us. So so it was a good transition, I think, from 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 Greg Levin to Peter Houston. You know, even yeah, though it was absolutely. difficult. I think the first game we lost five or six one against Rangers, and that was yeah. Peter Houston as the interim manager. And after the game, he just said he doesn't want the job. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I remember that game. Yeah, we we lost because all the players were sad, and we lost that yeah. game. Obviously, Levin just left, but then um, Andy Webster, Lee Walkie, and um, I think it was Sean Dillon and and Greg Conway. They, they just call us. They just all we had just had a meeting, and we just said we need to to stop. You know. Like being sad about Craig Levine, you need to look forward about what can happen in the future. And starting from that meeting, we just never look back. We just, we yeah. just, we just on fire. Yeah, yeah, as well. And of course, you reached the, the Scottish Cup final and you beat Ross yeah. County in the final as well. Um, yeah. Can you remember much about the the, the week leading up to the game, Margaro, and, and playing in the game itself? How, how good yeah, was that? Not only playing it, but to, to win the trophy? Yeah, it was a good, good week, a good preparation, like we always do. but Obviously, we I think we stayed two days in the hotel before the before the final, so so we can have a good preparation. But the night before the final, because I, I was roommate with um, with Prince Bob and Wallace with him, I remember yeah. during the night Prince couldn't sleep. It was like, do you think we're gonna win again tomorrow the final? I was like, yeah, man, don't worry, we are going to win. He said, but they just beat Celtic, you know, Celtic the best team in Scotland. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but we we are not gonna lose that game. I said, no, we already lost the final against Rangers. A few years back, the League Cup, I was like, nah, this game we can't, we cannot lose, we have to win. So, Prince, I remember I was a little bit nervous. I wasn't nervous, I was fine. I, th- I think I knew that this, this was a turn to, to do something special and, and yeah. I'm, I'm happy because everybody turned up in that game. Everybody was just like on fire and we had a good game and we, we managed to, to score three goals. So it was a good, a good, probably the best time in terms of like football, you know, to win something. When you see the fans, they're still talking about it 10 years later. So it's yeah. something great. Yeah, how, how much did you enjoy playing at Hamden, Margaro? I mean, the national stadium—it's a, it's a big pitch and what have you. Can you sort of take in the atmosphere from the, the fans and all that, or does it sort of pass you by? No, yeah, you just take it in. You can see the whole stadium just full. Like you see the colours of United, like orange, and you see Ross County blue. It's just beautiful. It's just something that I think any footballer should enjoy when you go and play in the full stadium, more than fifty thousand people. You know, just screaming and singing. I think it's something that every player should enjoy, and I definitely did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course, David Goodwill uh, scored an absolute beauty. The, the, the first goal. How, how good a player was he? Oh, he was all class. He's still, still a great player. Still doing yeah. well for, for Clyde. But um, yeah, at that time, yeah, he was just unreal. The, the goal that he scored that season was just crazy. There were so many good goals. Like him and Danny Swanson, and yeah. that is like a special connection on the pitch. Like, the, Danny Swanson would just find him all the time. Now it was be- beautiful to play. We, we had a great team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, had that, you, you certainly did. Did you have a sort of good team spirit as well off the pitch, Margaro? Did you all sort of get on off the field? Yeah, yeah, everybody was like everybody was cool with each other and sometimes we used to like we would just go meet go and meet up outside and go uh, like have dinner or do, do some yeah. different thing, go, go karting or go cinema. We had like we're all young and all good good with each other. Like we would go out together and no, it, it was a good good atmosphere. Like we had yeah. good good professional players. Yeah, of course you'd leave in uh, in, in two thousand and eleven in the summer and um, Birmingham City come calling. and um, how did that move come about? Uh, well, because I was uh, I was at the United for four years, four years and a half, and I was at I was twenty five, and I've kind of like felt that I've done I've done well enough to earn to 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 earn like another like a, a big move, and yeah. and obviously when you play in Scotland, the next big move is you want to go to England, and obviously when Birmingham came for me, it was just an easy decision. I had I had to go, I had to go, yeah, of course, because I could because they came from they were in the Premier League and they went down to the Championship, so. The target was to go back up, different like to go back up in the Premier League. So it was a big club. So I couldn't say no to that. 
Yeah, absolutely. Chris Hutton, of course, was there as, as a boss. Really, really, um, really good coach. Well thought of. How did you find him? Uh, yeah, great coach. Just like just like Wrigley Beam, like someone who like you know wants his player to work really hard. Yeah. And uh, like train, like you t basically every training session is like a game, like like high intensity and uh, yeah. like details. Like gives you all the information that you need, and it's very like like respected like manager. Like so. Uh, yeah. You know, How did you find the, the championship again? Was it was it similar to what you were used to, or did, did, was it another step up? Do you think? And of, I think it was, it was definitely another step up. Like yeah. you know, like like I would say, like fitter player. Like like you're really like in England, they're, they're really fit. They're really like players like look after themselves. I think in a better way than that they do here in Scotland. I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was definitely a step up, but something that I enjoyed again because I think I deserve to be to be there. I think I was I've done well for the past four years at Man United, so something yeah. that I really enjoy, like working hard and trying to to make a make a name for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And you played with some cracking players, like you said, the likes of uh, Nathan Redmond was there, Andros Townsend for a, a little bit as well, um, Nicholas Zigic and Marlon King. The, the names rang off the tongue. Some really good players at that time, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, they were very good players. You could see, like, we had um, a right back called Stephen Carr, used to be yeah, a Newcastle captain. Like, you could see, like, he's there early in the morning, just doing, like, his preparation before training, being on the bike, the gym. Like, you, it was a big guy, opener. Like, because, I mean, in Scotland, players, they don't really come that early and go to the gym before training. Like, in England, yeah. for me, it was like, like, like you said, Nathan Redmond, who's like, at, I think he was 18 at that time. And, I used to go to training early in the morning, but I remember driving into the training and I see him with like, like the balls and his boots. I said, where are you going? He said, I'm just going indoors, just practicing my left foot. And he was only 18. I was like, that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> you know, that's really, just before training, you know, you see a young boy just going and work on his weakness. So it was a big, yeah, definitely a big high opener again. Yeah, now, of course, you're unlucky that you get to the playoffs and get beat by Blackpool, but then... The January, I was looking at some of the results in January were, were really impressive. You went to Millwall and beat them 6-0, uh, and you went to Ellen Road and beat Leeds 4-1. What, what were these games like to play in? Um, Millwall was kind of like scary because of the yeah. fans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, didn't know, I, didn't, I didn't know they were like this. I remember being on the bench in that game, and all I heard was just fine, just swearing and everything. I was oh my God, just get me out of here. And because we scored so many goals, so the fans were waiting for us after the game. Oh, honestly, it was just, it was just mad. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Leeds was a good, good, good atmosphere, a good stadium. Very good. I enjoyed that game because I remember playing that game when we, yeah, we won four. With four nil, Nicola Zigit scored an actually. Yeah, scored four yeah. goals, yeah. Yeah, well, no, scored four goals actually, yes. Yeah, four, four goals. Yeah, no, no. yeah, we had some good results. I think we had a good season. We, even in Europa League, we managed yeah. to play and we were in group stage against Maribor, Braga, yeah. and Bruges. It's a, it's a very, very good game we played. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, that, that season, um, Chris Shooting would, would leave. Lee Clark comes in. Um, how did you find him? Uh, well, you know. <laughs> I didn't have a good time with him because um, when he when he came to the club, he, he well, we we kind of like spoke to each other and he said he was happy that I was here because I think he wanted to sign me when it was a Huddersfield before I yeah. signed for, for Birmingham. So I was happy to you know to to know that he wanted me and so I said okay good. But then I think two weeks before the the league start, he called me in his office to he said to me oh you know, are you going to be my sixth, the fifth midfielder? So Rangers want to sign you. And Rangers, they, they just went to the League, league Two in Scotland. Yeah. It, it would be good for you to go there. And I said, no. <laughs> I said, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm going to fight for my place. I'm not, yeah. I'm not going back to Scotland, especially if Rangers playing in, in League Two. If you say yeah. to me, the Premier League, I'll be okay. But in League Two, I was like, no, no. I said, I'm, in, I'm playing in Championship. I'm only 26. I'm not going back to Scotland playing in League yeah. Two. So I told him, no, I'm not going. So he said, "Well, you're not going to play." So for the first few months, I was training with the reserve. I wasn't. I wasn't training with the first team, and uh, yeah, it was it was difficult. But I didn't give up. I didn't give yeah. up because I managed to, to change his mind by the time of uh, January. Because the first six months I wasn't involved with the first team. I was just training the the youth team playing in the wow. reserve. But then there was yeah. I remember that time many players that got injured, and then we were like in January we were playing against Leeds in the FA Cup. He had to play me. He had no one. <laughs> he had no <laughs> choice. <laughs> but we played. 
yeah, away from home. It was it was Christmas on it was a Christmas Eve actually. Yeah, away from home. So, yeah. and everybody thought you're gonna play. I was like, nah, there's no way. And then and then I managed to play, and I had a great game. And he came to see me and said, look, forget about what happened before the first six months. Just focus about the next six. <laughs> and I said, yeah, <laughs> no one. But then yeah, I managed to play the second part of the season. But the first part, the first six months with him, I wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't part of his plan. So. Yeah, it's funny. I had uh, I had Mark Lennon, who was a goalkeeper at Huddersfield. We had him on last year, and he just called him a twat. He said he ruined his career, but he, just, didn't, he didn't like him either. I didn't like him. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say it here now. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't have a good time. Yeah, he wasn't his biggest fan either. And of course, no. with, at that time, he wouldn't play for. I think he only played once when he was at the club, and it was uh, it was terrible what happened last week. Papa Bubba Diop joined um, uh, Burnley. Yeah. But how did you find him, uh, Margaro? Was he was he there for? He was only there for like a couple of months, wasn't he? Uh, he was he was there the whole. Well, he's, I think he signed in, in September, October. So basically the yeah. whole season. So uh, me and him were very we became very good friends because we used to live close to each other. So we used yeah. to go to training together. I used to jump with him, and yeah, like I, I just can't believe that he passed away. Rest in peace. But yeah, no, it was honestly the most like nicest guy you ever meet like so, yeah. for such a like such a big guy he was just so so nice like a like, very nice very, very nice person yeah yeah it's an absolute tragedy what's happened to him it was uh, yeah. thing about of course he was a big star for Senegal and, and, and you'd get the call up in, in 2009 for, for a couple of games how did all that come about uh, well, because at, at that time I was playing for the United, I was playing week in, week out, and I think I was twenty, I was twenty-three, and I, I think I played more than hundred games for the United, and, yeah. and I was doing well. So Senegal, like national team, they heard about me, so they they called me up. So yeah, we played. I remember when Craig Levin called me in his office to, to to say to me, "I've been called up." I couldn't believe that. I was like, Are you? He's "Like I said, are you joking?" I was like, "No, no, you've been called up." <laughs> so yeah, we played against Oman and we played against Iran. So I was away yeah. for two weeks. Oh, great, great time. Really enjoyed that. It was a, a, a big surprise, but something I really enjoyed, like being away, like with the national team, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I guess it's one of those where I guess you're proud to, to represent uh, Senegal, but I guess your family must have been really proud as well. Yeah, of course, because I, um, at that time my, my dad was uh, was in Senegal, so when I got called up, obviously he knew about it because it was in the newspaper and everybody yeah. were. When we were from in Senegal, they were all happy, like we were celebrating like my first call up and obviously my mom and, and sister and brother they were in Paris. But um, I went back to, to Paris when I got call up because the, the training base we were we were training in Paris and then we had to flew to Oman. So I I'm I don't live far from the airport, so it was good. So I went home to see my mom and dad before I flew like yeah. with Senegal national team away. So now it was a good, a great time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, of course back to the domestic scene uh, you you let go be bombing and then Dundee United come calling again. Did you have any other offers at that time, Margaro? Well, I had, I, yeah, when I was at Birmingham, when I left, um, I, had, I had some offer um, abroad. I had an offer in Iran. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't keen because I just had a I just had a baby and yeah. so I wasn't yeah I wasn't keen to to go there. But there was other team in England like in a championship I've been talking to. But the, all those deals were taking too long. I don't know what happened for my agent, but yeah, all those deals were taking too long. And then all of a sudden I was without a club. Just like, you know, everybody was starting pre-season. So because my missus is from Dundee. So we were just staying in Dundee, and so I asked Dundee United if I could go and train with them. But I didn't want to sign at first. I just wanted yeah. to, to just stay fit. And they say, look, now you're here more than more than two weeks. Like, what do you think about you know coming back, signing until until the end of the season? And I said, you know, what, why not? Let me just go and enjoy, play the whole season, and then take it from there again. And so yeah, so I ended up signing for yeah, Dundee United in I think it was October, uh, October, yeah. yeah. Jackie McManah here yeah, for one year. Yeah. One, yeah. And of course, you played with some talented players the first time, but that second time they had that that great batch, didn't they? At the time, I mean, Andy Robertson, uh, yeah. Ryan Gold, Gary McKay, Stephen Stewart, Armstrong. What, what, yeah. what were these guys like? No, they were good, 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 good young players. Who you you kind of knew most of them yeah. would, would go far because you, they, you could see they had the talent and they had that fearless of you know I'll go out and I'll do my things <laughs> and then yeah. everything. Would, Everything will happen for me, but yeah, it was it was a good changing room. They were all young and good good guys. Before they were not like big heads, you think of yeah. because they're playing week in week out, they're getting praised. But no, they were they were honestly they were good 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 young boys. Yeah, are you surprised, especially Andrew Robertson, what he's went on to achieve with Liverpool and 
Uh, obviously, Captain Scotland. Is it a surprise to see how, how well he's done? Do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it was if, if it was all like him, him, like the Chief Niran Gold, Strat Armstrong, yeah. Strat They were all good players, or they were all good players. Yeah. But then, yeah, I couldn't say, yeah, definitely that uh, Andy Robson was going to be like the player he is today. I, I couldn't say, but yeah. I knew he was a good player, but then I didn't know. You never know in football, like, if, if anybody's going to be, you know. Well, good, yeah. good on him because he was someone who worked really hard. Like the way he trends is the way he plays. He still do, does the same now. The way the way he's playing now is the way he used to play. Yeah. But the United up and down, like up and down all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Just never stop. <laughs> so you said earlier about um, the diet, Margaro, and the Scottish players maybe don't eat as as well as maybe they should do. What what was your what's what's your diet like? Because again, we had uh, Armand on and he says he <laughs> just used to eat uh, a boat like. Buckets of chicken and all that and all that sort of stuff. His diet wasn't the best. To be fair, when um, when I when I when I moved to England and then I was living with my with my auntie and then I moved out when I was nineteen. I got my my my, my own place. Yeah. I, I couldn't really cook, so I used to be outside and eat takeaway food and like I put on weight. My my yeah, my diet wasn't wasn't until I moved until I moved to Scotland and I signed for the United. Even when I was waiting for Cardin beef, I, I used to eat rubbish. Like I think I was <laughs> overweight. Uh, yeah, I'm not joking. I think I was kind of overweight when I signed for Dan United. So when I look back at the pictures, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, my, my diet, yeah, my diet started to be better when uh, when I was basically playing for Dan United, being full time, obviously training every day. And you look at other players what they eat, like you're kind of like picking up their things, and then you're like, okay, maybe that you should be eating those kind of things like on a, on a daily basis. Stop eating all those rubbish stuff. Yeah. <laughs> about playing. Well, you have to look after your body and obviously if your body is like in a good shape then it's better for you to to play well during the like during like during sorry during the during the weekend so yeah. you perform definitely yeah. yeah and he joined hearts in 2014 of course and uh robbie nielsen w- w- was there at the time that they'd just been um they were in the, the championship at the time i think um, what was yeah. what, what was what was your, your your decision why did you go there well, because um, that year with uh, Jackie McManara, Jackie McManara, I didn't play that much that season. I think I only, only play three games. <laughs> yeah. I, I play only start three games with them. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's my that's my daughter. <laughs> uh, yeah, only only signed three games. So, and I say to myself, I need to go somewhere where I'm gonna play. I, I need yeah. to. Get, to get that feeling back of you know being an, being an important player and play and enjoy my football. So um, obviously Craig Levin took the job as a sport director. So he called me and he said, "Look, us like Robinson, we want you. We want you to come. And yeah. we, we have a good team and we want we want to you know sign players who are like similar to your style of play." So so it was it was a good a good decision that I made. I think because we had a great season, <laughs> probably one yeah. of the best seasons in terms of like playing football. I enjoyed my football so much that year, it was crazy. It was... Yeah, yeah. I covered Hearts like a, few, uh, a few times that, that season and you played some cracking stuff and of course you team up again with, with Prince in, in midfield, I guess that, that was enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, definitely, because when I, when I signed, I remember Craig Levin just said to me, oh, what's Prince doing? And I, I told him he's, he's without a club, so I, I gave him a call, I said, look, Prince, come to, <laughs> you need to come to Hearts. Let's <laughs> yeah. go and enjoy playing some football again and show them like, what we're all about. So yeah, no, it was it was good. We, we I mean, the, the club managed to sign some very good players and yeah. we, we had a great we had a great team and we were just playing football off the park. Like teams couldn't couldn't get near us. Like, yeah. We were just so good. Yeah. Yeah. And you played in the Edinburgh Derby against Hibs as well. How did you find that game? Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was really like feisty, feisty yeah. games. Like, yeah, I heard about it, like, but until you play the game, like you're just like, well, yeah, they're good, good games to play, very good games to play. Exactly. Yeah, and Tynecastle Tyne as well, a great stadium. But did you enjoy playing playing there for, for Hearts as well? Yeah, yeah. Even at that time when I used to play for Dun United, like Tynecastle was probably my, my favorite stadium. I, yeah. I, I really enjoy like enjoy playing there. Like when I was playing for Dun United, so I always enjoy yeah, going to Tynecastle. But so so when I signed for them, I was happy because I was like, oh yeah. I'm playing in my favourite stadium, so let <laughs> me go, go and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> you go up, obviously, you, you'd win the championship, and then uh, the second season, um, you joined Motherwell at the tail end of that. Was that just to get get games, Margaro, or do you just want more games? Yeah, because um, obviously we, we, won that, we won the championship, and then we went up to the Premier League, so 
um, I was I was in a team the, the, at the start of the season when we went to the Premier League, but then yeah. uh, uh, my father passed away, so um, I had to I had to go obviously go away for the funeral, and then yeah. when I came back, I kind of like felt something change. I, I'm on the club, the, the, like Robin Olsen didn't really play me that much when I came when I came I came back from that funeral. I played three games in a row, and then. After that, I was in a team for like six weeks. Like wow. it was just, it was just strange. I was like, oh, yeah. "What's happening?" Yeah, so I had a long conversation with him, obviously, and they just signed Arnaud Jum, who just who just yeah. signed for the club, and he just started saying to me, "Oh, like you know, we've got many players now. There's competition and everything." And starting like, so December, I just knock on the door. I said, "Look, if I'm not going to play like I used to play before, like you're not going to play me. So I, I don't want to be here. I, I, need, I need to go somewhere where I want to play." So. So I went on loan to Motherwell for the last six months, and yeah, just to enjoy my time again, just to you know, just to play football. Uh, I don't, I don't like being on the bench. <laughs> I don't like yeah. watching games. No, no. absolutely not. And, and then at the end of that season, I, I moved. It's a bit left field. You go to Malaysia. Um, uh, why Malaysia? What, what made you go there? Well, the, um, the thing is, I had one more year at Hearts, and yeah. uh, so I finished my 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 loan with Motherwell. And Motherwell wanted me to, to stay with them the season after. They, they offered me like a two-year deal, Mark Magli, but I told them, look, I still got one, one more year at heart and I want to go back and fight for my place because I still believe that I'm good enough to play for them. So I went back pre-season with Hearts, but then uh, they changed my number. I used to be number six and yeah. they gave me number 16. And from day one, when I walked in, like uh, on first day of pre-season, I, I saw that I said, nah, I'm not going to stay. <laughs> it was not going to happen for me. So I didn't say anything, obviously, to, to Robin Nelson. I just started working hard during pre-season. But then I think two weeks, two weeks after pre-season, yeah, I got a call from an agent who just said to me, look, we're looking for the, um, uh, I like you as a player. And uh, I've, got, I've got an opportunity for you to go to Asia, like between like, Malaysia or I can't remember which other country it was. And I said, well, well, if you find your club, yeah, why not? So um, I sent him my video and he sent it to, to the club in Malaysia and uh, they, they were happy. So they sent me an offer that I couldn't basically refuse. So, yeah. so I spoke to Hart and I told them, and Hart said to me, look, no, don't terminate your contract. Go and see what it's like over there. And yeah. then when you're there, if you like it, then you can just call us and we just terminate your contract. So, so that's what I did. I just went over to have a look at obviously at the the stadium, the training facility, and meet the players and, and the manager over there. And then, yeah, I enjoyed my, my few days over there. So I called Hart and I told them to terminate, terminate my contract so I could sign in Malaysia. So, yeah, great. I had a great time there. Yeah. yeah. What, are, they, are they passionate for the football? What, what's it, what's oh, it like over there? I guess it's a yeah, yeah, yeah. the UK. Because, because it's really hot over there. So the training session, the evening, they start like um, 5.30 till, till quite past 7, 7.30. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so and then the game the, at night time, nine o'clock, nine o'clock, but like from six, seven o'clock, the fans are already in the stadium. Oh. stadium <laughs> yeah, the fans are already waiting for you to come. Uh, they, they, they love a selfie. They're all good fans. <laughs> yeah, they're honestly, they're really passionate. Like, very, very passionate. Yeah. So, no, it was, uh, honestly, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And each club in, in Malaysia, they're, they're allowed to have four foreigners. Yeah, and the rest they all local players. But the the football over there, they they just want to attack. They're so tactic, they don't know yeah. anything about that. They just, they just <laughs> yeah. You never see a game when it's like zero zero. There's always goals. <laughs> and because I'm a defensive midfielder, I used to like screaming on my full back where you go and just can't stay. Fuck, you know, they, they just they just go, they just go. I'm like, oh wow, it's crazy. But now I really enjoy. It. They they want to play football, but just they just want to attack. They just don't want to defend. So. But it was a good, good experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Did they speak? Did you always sort of speak English over there, or did, did yeah, they have to English. learn the language? Yeah, they, yeah, they speak English. They speak English. Yeah. yeah. And and from there you went to Oman for for, for a little spell at uh, yeah, because, yeah. What was it all that about? Yeah, because the manager that um, was in Malaysia uh, who, who signed me, he, yeah. he after a year in Malaysia, he went to Oman. So after my two years in in Malaysia, I came back to Scotland and I wanted to. To, to play in Scotland, but then, like the clubs were taking too long, so my, my old manager called me. He said, "Look, I'm in Oman. If you want to come," and I said, "You know, why not?" So I just I was just went to Oman and signed one year, and um, yeah, it's very the the league in Oman is very technical. The players and physical, they're, yeah. they're really aggressive. Yeah, it's really aggressive, but technical players, and it was really hot. It's just like in Malaysia, they play at night yeah. time and they train at night time. But it was a good experience. Good, good experience. But on this day, on this, I signed a year. 
but only stay there six months. Only stay yeah. there six months. Yeah. Were your family back home, Margaro, or did they come with you? Yeah, no, my wife, my wife and kids, they they stay in Scotland, they stay in Scotland, yeah. they, but they would, they, I used to, it was like, uh, I came home many times when I was away, like, and they would come yeah. and visit me as well, so, so yeah. Yeah, and then you come back, of course, and, and, and rejoin Dundee United again in 2019, you just can't keep away, but I guess they give you the call and you just can't resist. Yeah, the thing, yeah, the, the thing is, yeah, because, uh, like I say, I signed a year in Oman and, uh, I mean, I was doing well. I was enjoying my yeah. football over there, and the, even the club we were qualifying in the semi-final of the Omani Cup, so I was doing well. But then I had a call, obviously, from 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 Robbie saying like, you know, there's an opportunity for you to, to come back to the United, and I was like, you know, what? yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, was like, yeah. So I, I wonder, I wonder if I can help the club, you know, to go back to the SPL. That would that would be great, you know. I, I love that club, so yeah, why not? Why not? So yeah, I ended up coming. Like coming back to the United for the third time. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, I never went up that, that that season. But then you you, you joined Falkirk, of course, in in, in twenty nineteen, where, where you are just now. And um, yeah. you enjoying your, your time there so far? Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying my time. Like Ray, Ray McKinnon signed me, and but then yeah. obviously he they, they sacked him after a year ago. It was I think during that time, and then Lee Lee uh, Lee Miller and David McCracken took over and. It's been it's been great. It's been great. I enjoy my football, and you know we're doing well. So hopefully we can continue like this. But yeah, no, I'm having a great time. Yeah, of course. Last season was a bit um, mental at the end of the season when you guys uh, were denied a chance to go up. But what was what what was your feelings about that, Margaro? Did you feel that it was maybe a bit unfair that you couldn't? Uh... Yeah, I mean, to to hand the title to Ref Rovers just like that it was kind of yeah. hard for us because we were just one point behind them. There were still eight games to play. And yeah. we're playing the, sorry, the last game of the season at home, so we thought that we were gonna we were gonna beat them basically. So for for the yeah for for them to 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 go up like this was just hard for us to accept. But then we had to obviously move on and start from from the beginning again, and then focus on on this season. So not to dwell on the past and yeah, we just yeah. have to refocus and just do our best to to get out of the or sorry of this division. Yeah. How did you find the whole uh, coronavirus stuff when the, obviously the games get cancelled and you only started playing again in October time? Uh, how difficult was that not to even train or anything like that? Yeah, at the beginning, obviously, when the when the first when the first obviously when we first heard about the coronavirus, we were not. I think people were not taking it like seriously at the beginning. Yeah. And then obviously when the game got cancelled and then they were saying, oh, we, maybe we'll be off for two weeks and then from two weeks it went to like a month and then from a month it went to two months and then all of a sudden it was like, we're in lockdown for four months. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, it wasn't, it was, it was, I mean, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy, but um, I mean, we just we just have to, to, to just be careful, obviously, and just try to do the right things. But um, I'm lucky because obviously I've got my wife and my two kids yeah. and what I'm saying is like a, a nice place. So we, we I mean, we, we managed to cope with it, I would say, like, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy times. And of course, um, at, at Falkirk at the moment, what's, what's, what's the aim then for you, yourself, Margaret, to keep playing for a good few years yet? Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't see myself stopping stopping right now. I still feel good, even though I'm 35, people probably think, oh, it's 35, it's finished, but I still feel good physically. Like, yeah. uh, I'm keeping up with the, the young generation, so, so <laughs> Yeah, so far so good. I'm I'm doing well, so I'm hoping as long as I can stay fit, I think I'm, I think I'm fine to to carry on playing for for a few more years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you, you played Rangers recently as well. Um, I think they're uh, they're sweeping everyone away at the moment. But what was it like to play against them last week? I, it, it was good. It was good. You could see the players, the, the like Manchester players, they're enjoying their football, especially playing for Steven Jar. I think everybody would, but um, like they're working really hard for each other. Like you could see the movement from the players; they just know what they're doing. And I think I think they're going. To, well, they're having a great season, but I think they can they can win something this season definitely if they carry on like this. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, yourself away from football, you've got your own um, you set up your own football academy as well. Can you tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah, it's just um just a football academy like special one to one session. I do it like every every Sunday from from ten o'clock till five o'clock. So I've got a few clients and I just want to try to help them like working on the on the technical stuff. So because I, I feel like we like in in England Scotland we we focus on players to be like physical. They they want them to be physical and strong and you know aggressive. But what about the technique of like yeah. being able to control the ball and pass the ball? 
that, that's the way I, I've learned to play football from a young age. It's all about the technique, control, pass, and the rest will come later. You know, your yeah. physicality, your aggressivity, everything will come naturally, will come later. But that's what I, I want to help those new generation, generation just to go and enjoy football. There's nothing better than being able to, you know, control the ball and pass the ball and, you know, being able to be positive and dribble. And yeah. I think that's, that's, what, that's my football. That's the way I see it. For me, I just, yeah, because I had a problem when I was young. When I moved to England, people used to say to me, oh, no, you're too small to play central midfielder. Yeah. You're not tall enough. Well, yeah. I'm sorry, but when I'm playing against any, any guys that are bigger than me, sometimes they can't even get near me. So, yeah. so it's just, you know, it's, uh, for me, this, yeah, they need to, because when you look at other countries like Spain, you see all the midfielders, they're not, they're not big, they're not strong, but yeah. they're very good on the ball. <laughs> so that's why I want, I want to try to change that, that mentality of, of thinking just of, um, you know, the physicality and the, the aggressivity of the game is more focused on like technical stuff. So that's that's the main thing about my uh, football academy. It's about being able to control past the ball and being positive on the ball. Yeah. Magic. Now, uh, get a website. People, if they want to get in, in yeah. touch with you and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my website set up. Yeah, it's more small guy with at me. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I've got my website. Yeah. Superb magic. Well, Margaro, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you and hearing about your career. Thank you very much for, for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. It's nice talking to you and hopefully we can talk again sometimes. <laughs> Absolutely. Wish you all the best for the season. That was episode 84 of the Talking Football podcast with Morgano Gomez in association with On The Team Sheet. As ever, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can listen to previous episodes on pretty much all podcast platforms. You can also view a number of the interviews on our Facebook page at Talking Football. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking underscore Football and make sure to check out and subscribe to the Talking Football website at talkingfitball.co.uk. If you want to sponsor the podcast, you can now do that. Just visit the Get Involved page on the website and email us at contact at derekclarksports.co.uk. Hope you can join me again next time, but until then, I wish you all a very Merry Christmas when it comes. Keep safe and bye for now.